Hey everyone, I am Alex Engler. Welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. In this podcast, we talk about beauty through the lens of well-being. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. So just up top, I just want to share some stories that I'm super proud of that we just published recently at Mind Body Green. You may have seen them on the site if you're an avid reader, but if not, I am linking all of these stories in our show notes so you can check them out. I just want to make sure to give them a shout out because I am so, so proud of them and the writers who worked on them. So I just want to give them a little bit of extra airtime. So the first thing I want to share is we recently launched a new series called As of Late. So this is a franchise where we talk with beauty experts and influential people about what they're using as of late. The whole idea is that beauty routines evolve and grow and change with time, and that is a good thing. So we want to give people a chance to talk about what they're using right now and why they're using it. The very first person that we featured was Norma Kamali, who was one of my favorite guests here on this podcast. So I was so, so excited to catch up with her and hear about what she's using right now. We will be doing this feature weekly, so definitely check in on the site to see who is the latest person we are featuring and what they're using lately. The next thing I want to chat about is our monthly beauty breakdown. This month, we talked about acne. It is such a thorough explanation of acne by our very own Jamie Schneider. I really loved this story. And it really, truly breaks down everything you need to know about treating your acne, what you might be getting wrong, and why it's important to take care of your skin. We also had a very fun guide to Indie Sleaze by Hannah Fry on our team. So if you listened into the episode last week, you may have heard Jamie and I chat about this Indie Sleaze trend. Well, we did a little feature on it, which explains it more I loved the story. Definitely go check it out from Hannah. And finally, if you are a traveler and you have started traveling again, we have launched a new series called Well Traveled. So I mainly write about beauty, but occasionally I will write about other things on the website, travel included. And this is a very, very exciting new series that we are starting. I love it so, so much. Definitely take time to go check it out. We have our first cities up under the well-traveled hub, and we will be continuing to add more and more to them. So on to the episode. Today, I'm having on Christine Chang and Sarah Lee. They are the founders of Glow Recipe. So Glow Recipe is honestly one of the most recommended brands that I get on this podcast and just in life in general. They have such a devoted group of followers and users, myself included. Honestly, I just, I feel like I get recommended their stuff so much that it just got to be the point of, well, I just need to have them on. And I am so, so glad I did. Our conversation was so fascinating and so enlightening to me. I, I love hearing their point of view because they are so great at staying on top of the beauty zeitgeist. And they also have such a unique approach to beauty and especially Korean beauty. You'll hear them explain their beauty philosophy more in the episode. And the way they explain it is so beautiful and so thoughtful that I want to leave it to them. So I'm not going to get into it here up top. Let's just get into the episode. Without further ado, Sarah, Christine, welcome. 
Hi, thanks for having us here. We're so excited. Well, I am so excited because I am such a fan of Glow Recipe, and I know so many of our guests who have already been on the show are fans as well. When I ask people what they use on their own skin, Glow Recipe products come up all of the time. So, you know, at some point I was like, all right, I I think it's time to have Sarah and Christine on so I can, you know, get more good skincare tips from you guys and trend insights and, you know, just hear a little bit more about both of your stories. So in the interest of that, I always like to start off the episode just letting the audience get to know you guys a little bit better and, you know, especially get to know about your journey into the beauty industry. So what's your story? What led you to where you are today? Yeah. So happy to start. This is Christine. Our beauty industry journey started when we were very young because we would very often come home from school or on the weekends, just see our mothers and our grandmothers truly enjoy their skincare routine. It was a experience, a self-care ritual, something they really loved carving out time for. And it didn't always have to be product driven either. Sometimes they would just saunter over to the fridge, take out a few natural ingredients. I know Sarah's talked about this a lot as well where her mother would just use cucumber slices or my mom would just grate potato into a bowl and start slathering that on the skin. And this immediate connection between seeing all of these foods that you feed your body with also being able to feed your skin was incredible. And we would also, both of us, you know, we experienced going to the bathhouses with our families Mm. on the weekends where all kinds of tea steeped waters or even spoiled milk would be used to tone and spray be sprayed on the skin to to soften the skin and so growing up with this i think it it kind of made sense that we eventually chose careers that kind of continued these traditions but eventually on a, a global scale sure you saw how beauty could be taken from a you know, from you could use all these beautiful natural ingredients and it could incorporate the cultural aspects from your families. And at what point did you take that story and you say, okay, now it's time to give this to the world and, you know, create what we know as Glow Recipe? So we both were working at L'Oreal and this was 2014 and we were marketers and brand product developers at that time. And the very initial sort of trigger and the turning point that we had was Christine used to come over to my apartment often because she was married and I was living by myself and she would come over and we would have a glass of wine together and sheet mask together and share some of the things that we brought over from either Korea or just talk about work in general because we were both working for the same company, but different brands. And so it was one of those meetups. And we both realized during our catch-up that we were both working for developments that were inspired by Korean technologies, Mm -hmm. even though we're working in global brands. And so we just had this aha moment thinking, oh, wow, we have experience in Korea and we have network in Korea. We know the beauty insiders there. And we have experience here in the U.S. market. Maybe we could become that bridge to bring the best of the technologies that we think are great and would resonate for the U.S. consumer, leveraging our expertise and all of the the learnings that we've had during our L'Oreal days and create something on our own. 
So initially, this was 2014. So we launched our website, which was an e-retailer, glowrecipe.com, same name at that time, that was all about curating what we believed were the best harsh-free, we didn't use the word clean, but basically harsh-free was what we meant for clean, natural skincare products from Korea. And so that's how we started our business. And we were leveraging all of the learnings, again, from the L'Oreal days, but also what we've learned from our mothers and grandmothers in terms of how to use skincare, the approach to skincare, the philosophy of skincare, and really married all of those with the training that we had to educate on the new products that we were launching and bringing over and introducing to our audience. And through that experience, we were able to cultivate this community of beauty fanatics that love to discover new things and all things that were interesting and different and innovative and also really passionate about learning how to use new products and the whys. And so we really built this amazing community. And then a couple of years later, we decided that, and this was always our dream when we first created our company to create our own brand. We just were waiting for the right timing and the right idea for it. And it just organically happened where we wanted to combine all of the core tenets of Korean skincare that we've learned throughout the years, which was beautiful and immersive textures, all about sensoriality because experience of skincare is as important as the result with clinically effective ingredients that are super time-tested and effective, known to be effective on skin with beautiful and fun packaging. Um, we realized that in the market, we saw this white space that there weren't a lot of, actually there was not at that time. There was no skincare that had a combination of serious results with clinically effective ingredients with fun, colorful packaging to make skincare approachable. So that was our idea. And in the beginning, we launched the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask, as you're familiar with. <laughs> That's our first baby that we launched. We call it the OG because we wanted to make sure that the product has watermelon, which is this juicy fruit-forward ingredient that we know is amazing for the skin for hydration and soothing that we also grew up with. Because when we were growing up, our grandmothers used to use watermelon rind on our heat rashes to soothe them and hydrate them. And we saw firsthand that it actually helped to heal the skin. And so we married that with active ingredients like AHA and hyaluronic acid. That's why we created our very first product, which was a sleeping mask. So you said something in your answer that sparked something in me, and I, I really resonated with it. You, you talked about community, and you had built a community. And you guys really have, you know, I feel like people who gravitate towards Glow Recipe products are, you know, really a part of your community. And I think that the beauty industry right now, so many brands are trying to mimic that same community. And like that has become such, such an element of launching a skin or such an element of any beauty brand where, you know, people really try to carve out their area of the community. But when you guys launched, that wasn't necessarily the case. People weren't necessarily thinking about that. They were just putting out products. So was it a surprise to you that, you know, you were able to foster a community? Was there an intention going into it that you wanted to do this? I mean, because I just feel like it wasn't really done at that time, necessarily? Yeah, it's a great question. So, 
you know, we were so lucky to have been able to start this business during a time where social media was widely available, right? And it truly leveled the playing field for us and that we could have almost as big a presence or as much engagement, as much bigger brands with much bigger budgets. And in the beginning, it had to be our main channel and still very much is to this day as a young and scrappy brand. And then secondarily, it's also part of our values to make sure that we were always giving our community and our customers as much transparency, information, education, content, so that all of this would feed into their beauty and self-care process. And we wanted to really make sure that, for example, if we were going to Korea to curate some products when we still had a curation business, we would go on lives and go on social and go on IG stories to make sure that we were taking into consideration what our customers were saying, what they wanted to see, what their concerns were and how we could address it. And this DNA very much flowed through to even our in-house brand where when we launched the watermelon mask, it was very much to plug a need that hadn't really been met in the sense that there were products out there that hydrated and there were products out there that like clay masks that really exfoliated and decongested, but nothing that combined the best of both worlds, just like a facial you would get from your facialist. And having that dialogue, having people be part of the focus group process, the testing process, mm. lab samples, going out to our top customers very early on, all of this has always been part of our decision-making process. And I think we do our absolute best to make sure that our customers feel seen and heard. And in the early days when Sarah and I were in the inbox for a customer service account, which is love at glowrecipe.com if you want to email any questions about your routine, <laughs> We saw each and every email. We still try to go in there from time to time today to really see what our customers are saying because losing that connection is unthinkable to us. And mm. we read so many of the comments on our IG and TikTok platforms because once again, we want to know what our community is thinking. Additionally, I think we were able to trigger that real conversation on social because from the outset, when we develop products, we think about how products are shared and enjoyed on social media because for a very long time, makeup was the main course, if you will. People showed makeup transformations on YouTube and it was very much the dominant conversation happening on beauty and social. And by making skincare socially shareable, whether packaging, whether it's sensorial textures or even experience, and having people go outside of their bathroom cabinets to the world to be able to talk about that experience. I think that also process is not something common to every brand out there and makes it very easy for you to share and discuss your glow recipe experience online. And we very much think about that from the beginning. But we're very lucky to have the community that we do. I think that it's always a work in progress and what we can do better whether it's, you know, our commitment to the environment or our commitment to skin neutrality and real skin acceptance and not retouching our visuals, whatever it is to make sure that we're creating a welcoming, inclusive, all-encompassing environment is very, very important to us. You know, your answer glides so perfectly into the next thing I wanted to ask you guys about is, you know, your ability to stay on top and ahead of trends. I've always really admired. And, you know, I obviously with the beauty market as it is, it's, you know, there's, it feels like there's always like 
something new that we all need to jump on. We all need to write about. And there's a new TikTok trend and there's a new ingredient highlight and there's new XYZ. And, you know, I feel like you guys have been able to approach trends in a very mindful and authentic way and also just tap into the zeitgeist in a way that you're ahead of it, but it makes sense for the brand. And so I'm curious, where do you look for for trend inspiration and like how do you approach trends as fast as they evolve today you know like what what is your place in the zeitgeist so we don't actively try and look for trends i will say i think it just comes pretty organically through how we evolve with our customers and our community that's actually the main source because i think we just evolve constantly you know i The last thing we want is to have a company that is stale and not relevant, right? But the reality is your customers evolve every single day. Their mindsets shift, you know, their needs change. Who knew COVID happened? (laughs) All these things are happening that are unexpected, but it's just part of life. And we want to be there as their lives evolve. That's really our approach to everything that we do. So obviously, we spend a lot of time on social media to make sure we're on top of everyone's conversations and we know what people are looking for or want. But it's not because we're looking for a trend per se. We're looking to make sure what we have out there can truly resonate and be beneficial and be helpful to our community. And the reason why we look on social media or we have constant dialogues with our community is because of that. I would say rather than chasing a trend, we like to think of ourselves as, you know, thought leaders and 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 it's all based on the dialogues and the understanding of where our community is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this question is for both of you. What is your beauty philosophy? Christine, why don't we start with you? Yeah. So as a company, we do have a philosophy around taking things day by day, which is a belief that you shouldn't box yourself into one certain skin type. Uh, Very often in the beauty industry, you're either dry or you're acne prone, and then you're using the same three-step regimen for many, many years without, without acknowledging that just like your body changes from day to day, your skin can as well. After a long weekend, you could get a lot of sun from outdoor activities and then need a little bit of brightening and soothing versus when you've been indoor for a long time, you might have other needs, maybe dehydration from the air conditioning. And so being cognizant of this and having that dialogue with your skin is something uh, that we feel like is an important approach to skincare and we believe in strongly because this kind of empowers you to sit at your vanity or wherever you're doing your skincare or your bathroom, look at your skincare wardrobe And just like your clothing wardrobe, you're not putting on everything at once. Like you're not wearing all 50 of your sweaters all together, but then you are able to pick and choose what you need that day and almost kind of cocktail this serum with this moisturizer or even two serums, depending on your needs and keeping things very, very fluid versus so contained and rigorous. And we also think we're very lucky to be able to have this relationship with our community and our customers where we are able to have this type of dialogue versus things feeling so prescribed from the brand. And personally, this philosophy means a lot to us because it is very much Korean beauty inspired, something that we grew up with, that we saw our mothers and grandmothers practice firsthand. And it's something that we want to continue to educate on. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's our company's philosophy. But what I can add to that is 
we really focus on prevention versus repair. That's another sort of approach to skincare and overall beauty, um, which is why we start from a young age. You know, we don't think hydration is something you need to focus on after your mid-30s. You know, I think it should be an early age thing where you're keeping your skin healthy, always making sure that it's at its best state versus trying to fix things after it's a little bit too late. So always making sure that that's part of your routine. SPF is really important. Anything that you could just do to prevent you know, concerns that you might have later on, I think is the best approach. And that's what we have been educating our customers and our community for a really long time. How can we make sure that the basics and the essential benefits that you need from your skincare routine is part of your daily moment, you know, versus something that you feel like is a chore and you have to do because you're forced to do and you have to do a little bit later. So yeah, that's another additional philosophy. So I know that you guys are obviously experts in K-beauty. And I think that in the Western beauty media hub, I think I think we ended up getting so much wrong about K-beauty. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that, you know, I think... I think a lot of a lot of beauty writers or beauty influencers or, you know, just people in the beauty space, I think they heard 12 step routine and they didn't necessarily think thoughtfully about what that means or they didn't take, you know, certain approaches of what K-beauty actually is and applied it, you know, to to their daily rituals. So, you know, I guess just to to ask you guys and to kind of recenter the conversation about what K-beauty actually looks like. What do you think we are getting wrong about K-beauty? And then, you know, how do you think people should approach a quote-unquote K-beauty ritual? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for a long time, Korean beauty articles were very much paired with, you know, a 15-step skincare routine, to your point, or you know, snail mucin is the ingredient that is in everything. And I think this type of approach is very one-dimensional. Korean women are not sitting down to do their skincare routine and then counting the number of steps and then thinking, I achieved my goal today because I got to 10 or 15 steps. It is much closer to that kind of fluidity and dialogue with your skin that we had mentioned earlier. And that's why we think it's so important to educate on this philosophy and talk about it as much as possible because it really, once again, empowers the person to create a routine that really works for you and your lifestyle. If you have time for an elaborate routine with many layers, go for it. If you have time to slather on one overnight sleeping mask, also go for it. Like All of that is still wellness and self-care because you carved out a moment for yourself and that is okay and you gave your skin what it needed. Additionally, the part about overexfoliation is a really great point because I think we're in this race almost very much spurred on by a lot of exciting conversation on social media, but also a lot of experimentation where you see the latest and greatest and you have to try this 15% acid and this 20% whatever <laughs> without thinking about whether your skin needs it or not. And you see a lot of conversation around broken skin barrier and damaged skin, and redness and tightness and shininess. And all of these are signs of kind of overdoing some of these actives versus once again, thinking about what your skin needs at the time and pulling back, kind of going in and keeping that fluid approach. So 
our hope is that we can very much continue to to talk about that that more fluid, flexible approach so that everyone can continue to enjoy their skincare routine and really distill what the essence is about what we grew up with, which is a philosophy that really does work for all lifestyles and skin types and tones and concern. Yeah. You know, just to follow up on that, when you talk about approaching your skin in a more fluid manner and, you know, approaching your skin by looking at it and say, what do I need today? I, you know, it's a, it's a concept that I think is beautiful and I personally try to follow as best I can. Sometimes I do get caught up in my, you know, my one, two, three regimens, but you know, it is something that I am trying to allow myself to flow more with my skincare routine. But I, you know, for people who, who find this concept to be newer to them, maybe they don't approach their skincare this way. How do you tell people to practice this? You know, is it truly just waking up and looking at your skin? Is it asking yourself questions? You know, how do you guys practice this in your lives? Yeah. There's a few things that you can do. I think number one is to understand what some of the ingredients do. Basically educating yourself on some some of the key skincare ingredients I think is very important. Because oftentimes you could see that some of the products are made for certain types of skin type or skin concern, but some of the ingredients may not necessarily work for you, for your skin. So understanding what the ingredients do, and then also understanding how your skin reacts to certain ingredients is also very important. And giving your skin enough time to acclimate to some of the products that you're introducing for the first time. And making sure you're doing it one step at a time, not all at once, is also very important because that's your way of understanding if it works for you, if it doesn't, what's causing it, you know, what's the ingredient that's actually not working for me. So, for example, we would never advise anyone to use retinol and vitamin C and multiple acids in one single routine, right? It's it's a good idea to alternate them, but also if you're introducing a strong ingredient like retinol, Maybe give it a, some time before you introduce it. Patch test it on your neck or your chin area, but make sure that you're fully comfortable with your current routine first so you know that these are the ingredients that work for you. And then secondarily, making sure that you know how your skin feels on any given day. It's not very easy to tell all the time. I don't think a lot of us understood what our skin types were actually like because sometimes it feels oily. Sometimes it looks dry and you have dry flakes. I will say a lot of us are combination skin because of that. Like we have a pretty wide spectrum of what our skin feels and looks like throughout the seasons, climate changes, our body condition, our stress levels, our mental health actually really affects our physical look and feel on the skin. In Korea, they say your skin reflects your mental state. And we really believe in that too. And so understanding how you are holistically that day and then taking a look in the mirror off and feeling your skin, touching it and just giving time for you to understand what that, what each of those looks actually means to you, I think will give you enough time for you to understand what's good for your skin and really being able to tailor routines accordingly. So as a brand, what we try to do is help educate what some of the ingredients are like and what your approach should be for skin and help with the tools, which are the products that we create. But ultimately, our goal is to empower our community to just understand what they need every single day because no one day is the same. And 
just cocktailing or tailoring what they need for that day. Which is why if you look at a lot of the Korean women's skincare wardrobe, you see a ton of products. And it's not because you, you're using 15, 20 steps like the myth that we were talking about. It's because they have a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with their skin and they're giving it what it needs based on what it's asking for. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, to touch on the education aspect, you guys use incredible ingredients. And so I have to get your intel on what ingredients that you guys are into right now and what you might recommend for people. So let's, you know, to to approach this as you guys have been explaining to us of approaching your skincare in a more mindful way. Let's say somebody is experiencing some blemishes at this point in their life, you know, and they they want a product that is going to help them tend to to acne. What are the sort of ingredients that you might tell somebody like that to to look for? Probably BHA is a great one. It's kind of the gold standard, also known as sile acid, because it's an oil-soluble acid that can actually get into the pore lining, help decongest, declog, smooth the skin, multi-benefits. Often BHA can be also quite harsh. It's typically used anywhere up to a 2% concentration, which is what's allowed by the FDA. And for our strawberry serum, which is a recent launch, actually, we were able to encapsulate the sal acid or the BHA that's used in the formulation. So it kind of gently releases over time onto the skin versus delivering everything all at once on the skin surface. So that's a, a go-to favorite. And then, of course, you know, acids like AHAs and PHAs are always a great bet. If you have more sensitive skin, a larger molecule acid like PHA is a great option. Well, you know, you mentioned sensitive skin, which I think sensitive skin is quite the buzzword right now. I think a lot of people <laughs> might might express that they, they feel that they have sensitive skin. So what are some other ingredients that people can look to to support their sensitive skin and their skin barrier? So I think a lot of us are experiencing that our skin is sensitive because our skin barrier is compromised. And for those of you that are just learning about skin barrier, it's very easy if you think about a roof of a house. If, if your roof is not complete and filled in, you're going to see, you know, rain or other harsh weather can really kind of come through and ruin the house ultimately. And so if you kind of think about that, you really need that healthy roof and that healthy foundation, and that can be your skin barrier. And the way to protect your skin barrier is to keep it moisturized, but also to keep it strong and healthy. And ceramide is a great ingredient that can help boost your skin barrier's health. Kind of like if you, we kind of also compare it with brick and mortars too, right? If you kind of seal the brick with a mortar, think of ceramide as having that uh, function for your skin barrier. So our avocado recovery ceramide serum has seven weights of ceramide, which can really help penetrate into the different skin layers and ultimately to boost your skin barrier's health. And that's an amazing product for anyone that's dealing with eczema or redness, skin sensitization because of over exfoliation or using too much retinol or vitamin C or all of the above in one routine. <laughs> and you're realizing that you've maybe done too much for your skin and you need a little break, like a skin SOS moment. This is an amazing product for you to take a break, but also build that barrier's health. 
you know, you guys said that everybody should focus on hydration, not just people, you know, 30, 35 plus. So in the interest of that, what are some ingredients for hydration that, you know, we should be using? I mean, gold standard is always hyaluronic acid, but of course, make it multi-weight. And the reason for that is it, by having different weights and sizes of HA molecule, it can go to the different layers of the skin. So you're kind of flooding the skin from the inside with this rich, intense hydration, helping to smooth and plump up the skin and really combat dehydration. So this is an ingredient that we use in our plum serum, which is a favorite of Sarah and mine. We like to call it our white t-shirt of skincare because it goes with everything, layers with everything. You can't live a day without it. And you definitely notice it when it's missing from your routine. Okay. So I know that we, we touched briefly earlier about how you guys approach trends for your company and the fact that, you know, you definitely don't go out looking for them and, you know, they, they come to you with your community. However, you know, you guys do stay up on top of the zeitgeist and you guys are on social media and you guys are, you know, having this, this banter with your community and you kind of have a finger on the pulse. So, you know, I have to ask you <laughs> just because I'm curious and I want to know selfishly is, you know, what, what sort of trends are you seeing on the horizon? You know, what, What's your predictions of what's what's to come next? Yeah, I think we're seeing a few things that are really exciting for us. The first is people are really focused on their skin barriers health, which is actually related to the ceramide ingredient that I shared with you. Maybe because of COVID, our immune was compromised. Our skin was adapting in a different way. We're wearing our masks a lot. We're stressed out mentally. There's a lot of issues that we're going through, all of us here. and so. Skin barrier health has been compromised for most of us. And I think that's also the reason why we're all looking to this to make sure that there's a balance and your skin is taking the break that it needs when it needs it. So we're very excited about that. We want to focus a lot more on uh, educating our community on the importance of skin barrier, the moisture barriers health, um, and introduce the ingredients, um, talk about ceramides a little bit more, but also additional ingredients to help support the barrier. So we're excited about that as an ongoing trend. I don't think it's going to to stay. I think it's I, I don't think it's going to stop. It's going to really be a big focus for many, many people in the skincare space for sure. Additionally, I think that we already have seen a blurred line between the different categories in beauty. We're going to see more of that. For sure. As you see, we see a lot of skin tints, moisturizers with SPFs, you know, mists with SPF. There are a lot of different products with multiple functions that cross different categories that were necessarily not the case before. I think the consumers are going to demand for more products that do more condensed routines, but with multi functional benefits. I think it's going to be something that we'll see even more. We're all going to start to travel a lot more. We're going to want to, you know, maximize our time, but still not compromise on the results that we get. And so as a result of that, a lot of blurred lines will be pretty common, I think, between the categories across categories. Totally agree with you. I think that's really exciting too, right? You know, we, we definitely always approach these conversations with the idea that how how you live and how you take care of your body affects your skin. And obviously, I know you guys believe the same. You have said so here 
previously on the podcast and just from the way that, you know, I know Glow Recipe talks about, you know, various things as a brand, I, I can sense that it's uh, very much a core part of your guys' beliefs. So, you know, in what ways do you encourage people or encourage yourself to take care of of your body holistically? You know, are are there wellness habits that you believe are a fundamental part of beauty habits? Yeah, absolutely. So in the sense of products or skincare or self-care, you know, we do give a lot of educational content around, you know, how to carve out a little routine for yourself, what that looks like for you know, the morning, the night, weekends, when you have a little bit more time and how to just really enjoy pampering your skin in the best way that you can. But even outside of that, I think wellness now extends to, you know, how you feel in your space. And it's something that we've thought a lot about because I think we're all inundated with a lot of messaging on social media and just the world in general. And it's hard to take a break from that. So we've tried different ways to do this, even with our team where we have done mental health days, where we've tried to carve out like no meeting zones so that the team is kind of given that space. And then on a larger scale with our customers, what we've been really cognizant about is how do we show up as a brand for our customers? And whether that's our commitment to not using words like flawless, poreless, perfection in any of our packaging or marketing campaigns, or an ongoing commitment to not retouch any of our skincare campaigns, which are also makeup free, so that we're constantly presenting this worldview that reflects reality, that reflects the fact that people have real skin concerns and needs, and that you're not alone in whatever part of the journey that you're in. I think kind of helps set the tone for the type of dialogue that happens within our community. And that's been really heartening to see because I think part of the ongoing feedback that we're hearing about just people having a hard time is you're also inundated with a lot of imagery that maybe doesn't reflect reality, that sets standards too high, that makes you question yourself and how you look. And we want to be a positive place for people and a safe place for people. And so once again, very much a work in progress and something that we're, we're thinking about how to evolve going forward, but what's something that our team is incredibly mindful about. And I think that that is a form of wellness in the sense that you're kind of curating and creating spaces that just allow for more, more positivity and dialogue that way. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that it is a big part of the wellness conversation or should be a big part of the wellness conversation is, you know, that the things that you consume on your phone or social media, obviously it has such a big effect on how you view yourself. And so, you know, to, to curate a a social media environment that, that addresses mental health, you know, I think it's, it's really important. And I think it's really admirable when people take steps to, to create a more inclusive and more caring and thoughtful and mindful world just because, you know, there's so much out there that isn't necessarily that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a really, really big part of this puzzle that I think we're all finally starting to be like, okay, how do we address? So the last part of the conversation that I have with my guests is 
about what you guys do for yourself. This is the part of the conversation where most of my guests drop a glow recipe recommendation, and I can only imagine I'm going to get a few more here. So (laughs) what do you guys use in your skincare routine? It's hard to say in one answer because we use so many products and we have just a little under 20 products right now under Glow Recipe. So it's becoming, you know, an expanded family as we speak. So we always want to make sure that we're using them regularly, but also making sure kind of going back to our skincare philosophy, products that are suited for that specific day based on how our skin feels. So if I were to share what I'm using this week and I actually was a little sunburned because I was on the beach. I had layers of sunscreen and I'm currently in Miami and the sun here is very, very strong. So my focus right now, and this is like my way of self-care too, is to really focus on balance and barrier health and keeping it very, very soothing and calming. That's really what I'm focused on. So currently I'm cleansing my skin with our papaya cleansing balm, which is really moisturizing while it removes the makeup entirely. It has papaya enzyme, papaya seed oil, and it's just a very moisturizing texture, even though it's a cleanser. It's a very interesting, almost ironic sort of benefit from a cleanser. But we love using this because it's so great for sensitive skin, which my skin feels right now after the sunburn. And That actually helps to remove all of the SPF very effectively. As we all know, oil removes oil, right? So it's important to use an oil-based cleanser to remove SPF in your makeup. Then I'm moving on to, if it's a nighttime routine or a blueberry balance gentle cleanser to remove all of the debris, cleanse the pores, make sure that skin is very freshly clean. In the morning, I avoid using the foam cleanser and I just use the cleansing balm. And then I go straight to the our watermelon tight toner. I have pore concerns and this has been amazing to treat the pores, but also keeping it super gentle because it's packed with hyaluronic acid as well. Then I slather on our avocado serum, my recovery serum right now. It's like my current focus. And it's been so soothing. It smells like like a spa almost. It's very, very soothing. So you kind of want that all over your face, regardless, just because of that natural scent that it has. It's a, it's based on a natural aroma, by the way. It's fragrance-free. And it has avocado, which is rich in nutrients. And it really helps to boost the antioxidants of your skin. Of course, it has ceramides, which is really important for, for my skin right now with the state that it's at. But I actually, because I need it so much, I layer it in two different layers, two thin layers. Instead of double seruming or cocktailing my skin with anything else, I just layer this one single ceramide serum twice. And then I go on to the Plum Plum Hyaluronic Acid Cream, which has five different weights of hyaluronic acid. It's this really beautiful, bouncy, creamy, rich texture that immediately melts onto the skin. And I have oily combo skin usually with pore concerns. So this texture that's rich but melts right in has is, is been amazing for my barrier compromised skin because it's still breathable, but it feels like this comfortable blanket on my skin. So that's my routine. 
For anyone that's dealing with sunburn, this can be so very similar in the sense that I love avo serum and cocktailing different serums depending on what my skin feels. So needed a little bit of brightening this weekend. Guava serum has been my go-to. It has encapsulated vitamin C and pairing that with plum serum always seems to quench my skin. And then love slathering on plum moisturizer afterwards. Dew drops has also been a godsend because... <laughs> In the morning, it's so hot in New York right now that I just, I can't bear the feeling of anything on my skin. So just quickly being able to put on dew drops and then a sunscreen and I'm ready to go makes things so easy and just kind of fresh faced, but not having to put on a full face of makeup. And so that's been my easy kind of morning routine. Well, both beautiful routines. I also got a little bit of too much sun this weekend, so... I'll be taking some notes. <laughs> I burn very easily, unfortunately. So <laughs> despite my best efforts, you know, sometimes that sun, it just gets through. Can't stop it that. Yeah. <laughs> it can't was through for that for me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I so, so enjoyed this conversation. I so enjoyed learning from you guys and, you know, picking your brains on where the industry's at right now and what you see in the future. So I, I was very excited to have you guys on today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.